Hello, welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, a podcast with myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom, about the highs and lows of devoting your spare time to a spreadsheet that can sack you. Thought I'd spice up the intro, having written that copy, Tom, what do you think? Needs work. Needs, Needs work. work. It wasn't fluid, it wasn't natural, but we'll get, but that's very much sort of sums up pretty much this podcast um as a whole so maybe maybe it does work yeah that 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 i think that's about right and i think you know it is it probably it's four star potential it's not five star potential but but you know it, but if we put in the hours in training we might you know put together a decent a decent intro so, yeah. after, so with that- after the number of episodes we've actually done maybe eventually we'll get to a decent intro yeah and not change it up after one season and a few episodes but anyway that's on me so how's your weekend been not really had a chance to catch up with you this weekend no it's been it's been nice we went to Kew Gardens Friday night with um Hannah's sister and her boyfriend which was really nice which was bloody freezing yeah I bet and then we spent we went last night we went to uh my mate Chris's and his wife Becca's they put us up for the night we had a really nice evening with them first time we've probably seen them since their wedding actually so we had a really really nice evening there um and then today we've just come Chris, back and... Chris still a still a devoted listener to who uses director of football well I thought I thought he was a massive devoted listener until he he said oh what are you doing this evening I said oh I'm um so I'm you know potting with Lewis Oh, I didn't, even, I didn't realize you'd done season. You were doing season two, and I was like, "For God's sake, mate! You were you were one of our top fans." But, then, but to be fair to him, he then realized that it hadn't. It, it, it despite being subscribed to us, it hadn't been notifying him that um, we'd started again. So he's going to start listening from episode zero again. He says, so, "That's very um, sweet." At least, at least he didn't say, "Oh yeah, I've been listening to it. I love it." And then work out, I work out that he hadn't listened to a single episode. So um, I think he genuinely, genuinely missed it. What about you, Lou? How was your How's your weekend been? Yeah, all good. Um, had a bit of a social last night with the uh, with our mates from boot camp. Um, all of the boot camp people went to the Bounty, which you frequented in the past yourself. So you know it's a decent pub and sank a few pints of Guinness and had a bit of a chat and then wandered into a Turkish restaurant at 10 to 10, uh, sneaking in just before the kitchen closed for a nice uh, mixed grill. Uh, which I've nice. never tried it before. Can recommend the Meldis, uh, adding it to my restaurant rotation. And then, uh, yeah, a bit of, uh, as you know, by the fact that we're late recording this, bit of, uh, bit of snowboarding uh, for both Catherine and myself this evening in Hemel Hempstead, and a frantic drive back and eating the dinner just in time to get this podcast in. But uh, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been been a bit busy one. Oh, and the Christmas decorations went up as well. So, so lots of and the tree. So packed, a packed schedule. Very nice indeed. Well, talking of packed schedule, should we should we get into into the pod? Lou, we'll, we'll start with you this week. Last time, um, last pod, you dropped the bombshell that despite resigning from a team in the second tier of Greek football, who you know, mid-table in the second tier. You resigned because you administratively signed someone on too much money. Um, and then, if I remember rightly, and then you immediately got the top job in Greece in the sense of the champions, AEK Athens. So just maybe a bit more background on that and, and talk us through how it started. 
Yeah, so you're not far wrong. I mean, I didn't. There's a few inaccuracies there. Uh, it took a little while. Longer oh, maybe, to get... I, maybe I wasn't listening properly. <laughs> it took a little while longer to get the job uh, than planned. Uh, and also, Olympiakos in game uh, last season won the Greek top flight. So, AEK Athens, in terms of FM, uh, not the top dogs in the Greek top flight anymore. But yeah, apart from that, pretty much spot on. I still don't understand how it happened. Not grumbling. Um, uh, And yeah, I'll talk you through it. I'm going to take a leaf out of your book, Tom, and I'm going to split it into two parts. The first part, uh, similarly, is what football have I implemented? What am I doing? What does the squad look like? Uh, And then the second part is a bit like last season with you in in Czechia. Uh, What 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 have the results been of this style of play? Um, so, yeah, plenty to talk about because I've actually played a lot this week. So, um, I I really, I've got to say, I immediately liked the squad when I saw it, um, uh, both in terms of, obviously, it's a nice step up in terms of quality of players, but it's got some really, like, it's got a really nice mix of fun like p- players to manage and players I've not heard of, but that really fit my style um, and what I like doing. So uh, initially, and I'll talk you through what it started as and then what it evolved to. Initially, as you know, one of the things that I've always wanted to set up effectively in FM is the four three two one Christmas tree. A narrows four defenders, three central midfielders, two cams, and a striker. So the first player that really caught my attention, that made me think, mm, you know what, we can do this, is a is a Czech um, central attacking midfielder called Andrej Linger. Um, I believe uh, in real life he's he's at Feyenoord. Um, uh, oh no, no, maybe that's in game. I think he might be at Slavia Praha in real life. Um, and he's a really good um, shadow striker, which is great. I mean, how many squads do you go into with a really good shadow striker? Um, so so for me, that was just like, oh, great. And then uh, also had Jens Jonsson, uh, who's a really good like holding midfielder. So so lots of... Um, lots Jens of fun. Yeah, it's great. He's a real-life Danish, capped a few times for Denmark, I think two or three caps. He's probably been around the fringes of the Danish national team, but never quite good enough to be a regular. Um, I've had a lot of a lot of the players I've got in real life. Obviously, Pineda, who I talked about last time, Harold McCoody at centre back. Um, so, so initially, you have, you have in your team. Does does Domagoj Vida still play for you? No, I think he's retired. But yeah, and he would be great. Oh, I agree. He's the kind of player. Uh, uh, Tom, but I'll, I'll come to that because there's an equally good centre-back who I'm really enjoying managing for similar purposes. So I, I set up a 4-3-2-1 um, for a couple of matches uh, with um, Linger and another 10 called... God, he's made such an impression that I'm struggling. Carlo Adriano... And Carlo Adriano wasn't one of our better players. So I was kind of like not, you know, I, I said during this journey, man, I was going to manage the best players. Um, so 
the the four three two one morphed and I'm loving it, Tom. A bit like you, you said last week. The four three two one has morphed into an asymmetric four one two two one with a cam lingering the cam and a winger on the right. So it's a flat back four, a holding midfielder, uh, a defensive midfielder, two central midfielders, uh, a cam, a a, a left, a a lamb to use, a left attacking midfielder and a right winger and a nine. So it's, I'm playing an asymmetric, like 4-1-2-2-1-4-3-2-1 hybrid. And oh my god, Tom, this is brilliant! Like, call me through the roles because yeah, yeah, the roles are crucial. The roles you're going to love it though, because and I'll be honest with you, I never really understood inverted wing backs until this formation. I used them, but I never really understood why I was using them. And I feel like if I'm honest, I'm still if I was in my head. Wide um, wingers cut inside and fullbacks bombed on. I never quite got the idea that it might be beneficial to have one of your fullbacks come into the pivot. I kind of got the logic, but you know, the kind of I think I was sort of stuck playing early Jurgen Klopp football in my head. And actually, playing this formation has really allowed me to see the value of inverted wing backs and inverted fullbacks. So I'm playing an inverted wing back, not a fullback. So in, 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 it, uh, the easiest way to conceptualise it is that the right-hand side of the formation is your standard L- Lewis slash Pep Guardiola 4-1-2-2-1. So the fullback bombs on, the, the right winger cuts inside because I just happen to have two right wingers who are left-footed. So they go into your right. they go into your channel. Then the left side of the formation, um, the cam hits the channel uh, and... The so the cam hits that inside channel, then Orbelin Pineda as a Metzala cut spins out into the wing position, and then you uh, then my left back uh forms the part of the double pivot, and then Jonsson in the defensive midfield drops into a three. So it, it in attack it plays as a three two uh well, kind of a three-two-five in the way that all things do. So the the number yeah. nine hits obviously pins the two centre backs. The the right winger becomes the inside forward, hits the half space. Uh, the full back on the right provides width, and then Pineda spins out as a as a Metzala and becomes the width on the left. And like as you can see, it it just is working. Uh, just some of the football I'm getting from it is glorious. Is all I'll say. Um, I'm not tr- trying not to give too much away, but I'm really enjoying playing it. Yeah, I don't mind when you were explaining it. You said, "Well, the left, you've got your left wing back inverts." That seems strange to me because you haven't got a left winger. But actually, if you're putting Pineda as a Mazala, I guess, I guess that could actually work. Um, yeah, yeah, but. I'd be. I'd love to see that because in my head I'm just sort of put, putting everyone everywhere. It doesn't. I can see how it could actually work potentially, but it yeah. Of, but it, the Metzala runs. Top. The Metzala runs wide with balls and stays wider. So he's always like, he's always out on that left wing, 
like when we yeah. need width. It's it, uh, it's the movement. I'm just like I, I feel like my brain has expanded tactically during this save. So let me let me talk you through, and I'm going to talk you. So I made. I've only made. I had. So I joined just before the January transfer window. I made three signings. All of them have been really critical. So basically, when I inherited the squad, I had one good left back, and I had a drop off to my second left back. Uh, so I went and signed Yuri Ribeiro from Legia Warsaw where he's at in real life, former Nottingham Forest, went through the academy at Benfica. Um, another one of my favourite players from the Benfica save where I won the Champions League. So remember him from back in the day. He never developed into anything particularly special. He, was, he wasn't he was one of their... He wasn't like um, João Felix, who I do remember coming through the academy on on uh, and who was pretty exceptional. But yeah, he, he turned into on FM whatever it was, 14, 15, he turned into a competent fullback. And that's kind of what he's turned out into in real life. But he's quite good because he's not the quickest, but he's quite a good attacking and defensive fullback. So he, so actually, and he can play centre-back, not that I'm playing there, but it's quite natural for him to invert into the centre and become part of the pivot. Um, And then the other signing was... um. Cobra Coindredi. So, one thing I've not talked about the squad. Sorry, Tom, go for it. What was he called? Toba, that's his first name. Coindredi. K O B A. Coindredi. K O I N D R E D I. And I signed him uh, from Valencia. He's a Valencia player in real life. Played for Valencia Mastar a bit, never really figured for the first team. I managed to sign him on an end of contract and then um got and then paid 425k to get him in in January instead of at the end of the year. Um, which was fantastic because they didn't want to sell him. But until he signed a contract, they weren't interested in selling him halfway through the season, and then they actually gave me a really nice discount rate. Um but yeah, I signed him because he's a really good all-rounded central midfielder, good attacker, good defender. And what I'd inherited in this squad was three ball-winning midfielders and Orbelin Pineda. Damien Damien Szymanski, uh, Polish international. Uh, Kostas Galanopoulos, Greek international, came through AEK's academy, AEK born and bred. And then also Guima, who is a Mozambique Mozambican international. And I, I will say that's been one of the interesting things about this squad. AEK have somehow managed to create a squad which has some really diverse players. Just like in real life, I've still got Levy Garcia who plays for AEK in real life. And he is a Trinibagonian, so from Trinidad and Tobago. He is a Trinibagonian winger slash striker. And I just think it's brilliant that they've pulled together this Squad with so many different nationalities in it. What 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 did you call the nationality of someone from Trinidad and Tobago? According to FM, Tom, it is Trinibagonian, and I thought this was ridiculous I, as well. I'm pretty sure it was, I thought it was a Tobagan, or in that case, a Trinidad and Tobago. Well, I, I guess if you condense it into one word, it's Trinibagonian. Wow, I know. 
Fair enough. What's on you every day? So I've been delaying telling you who my third signing is, um, because I think I think it. I think you'll understand why I've signed him, but I think it might wind you up slightly. And my third signing, I've signed Armando Broya. No, that's not going to wind me up at all. That's great. So I've signed Emmanuel Broya on loan from Chelsea for 22k a week, which is a third of his wages. Um, which is a third oh, of his 75k a week. So yeah, I've got Amanda. Yeah, I've got Amanda Broya in to lead the line, um, and. He's been kind of really good and really frustrating in equal measures. Um, so, yeah, so that's been... I think that's going to be really the end of my first part. So it's I've ne- it's been a tactical revolution for me. And I never thought I would make an asymmetric formation with an inverted wing back on the same side work. And I think that's... That's like... I think I've got to say in many ways... As much as I hate giving you credit, your 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 use of your use of inverted wing backs and your desire to to sort of in a Pep Guardiola like way continue to evolve tactically has pushed me to something that I wouldn't have considered even last year. Albeit last year was my three at the back moment, and I never thought I'd make a three four three work. But but so yeah, it's it's. I've called the formation Wiseman Christmas Come Early because I think that's what it felt like with the uh with the with the uh you know getting the job uh in December. It felt like Christmas had come early for Wiseman and then implementing this slightly mad formation. But yeah, so surely, so that's... It, should be, surely, surely it should be if it, if it's about Christmas, it surely should be eleven wise men. Oh, true. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, damn it. You beat me there. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, how have things been going on with Slavia? No, not Slavia Prague. What am I talking about? Slavia Cromerets. There we go. Get there in the end. Slavia Cromerets. So, where you left me last time, we we got to the sort of the mid-season break, as it were, and we were. I think we were top. We were either top or we were second. I think we were top, but I think actually the following game, we dropped. We dropped down to second. Um, so yeah, we entered. We entered the the mid-season break, despite being the only part-time team, one of the lowest budgets in the league, um, top of the league. Nice. Um, long way to go. But it was a very tight, congested season. Like, uh, I think we were only like four or yeah. five points off, maybe dropping to the bottom half or, or at least dropping down to fifth or something like that. Um, and it, it was going all, it was really, you know, it was going really, really well. Um, I have since finished that season. So I can now talk you through the back half and 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 how it went. First thing to note, um, I'll talk with you from transfers. Obviously, I was making um as much use of, of the loan market as I possibly could mm-hmm. um, yeah. um during that season. That's obviously the plan. I think I talked about how Pavel Curtin, number 10, was coming in from Pradak Kralove. Um, and I was also expecting a Jesse Metsoko. Uh, a centre forward to come in. Who the issue I was having in this team was was goal was goals from the striker. So and I like strikers that score. That sounds silly, but I like strikers that score. Um, and we weren't getting that. So I was hoping Metsoko would sort of fire us um, into yeah get get us firing basically. Yeah, I mean one additional signing before the the games restarted, um, and I really like this guy, um, a centre back. 
from South Africa called Alan Robertson. Oh, fantastic. Um, he, yeah, he played, played a lot of South Africa, Malaysia and the Philippines. Um, but I signed him and he's really good because he can play my my back four. Looks like I've got two inverted fullbacks, obviously tucking out of possession. Yeah. I've got a ball playing defender who's the centre of the three when we're in possession. And I've got a libero that steps up. And he can do both the libero role and the ball playing defender uh, role really well. So I was really, really pleased with him, and he he did, he did a good job for us. I called Alan Robertson. Um, so I'll talk you through some of the games, right? So we again, for those that can't remember from last week, we are a goals galore sort of team. Like we just we we just it's a yeah we just try and outscore the opposition. Both teams really going for it. Um, it didn't start that well. Is the short answer off the back of um, the winter break or the yeah the winter break, drawing three all with Jalava and losing three two to um, Trinet, which then again, as I said, it was really congested um, top of the table. So I think we dropped down to third at this point. Benefit we had right is one of the teams that was up with us was uh, Sparta Prague B and Sparta Prague B can't get promoted. Yeah, so. The top team, top of the league, get automatic promotion. Second and third go into a playoff system with the second bottom and third bottom teams in the division above. So, if Sparta Prague actually end up near the top. There's the top four could affect you. Only think of the top four effectively to be in one yeah. of those places. So I think we dropped down two fourth at that point, but we're still effectively in the playoffs because um, Sparta Prague B were second or top wherever they were. Um, and even after then, we we put a bit more of a run together. So our next five games, um, we only lost one of them, but there was two wins and two two defeats in those in those five games, which just didn't help. You know, fortunately, teams around us, no one was putting a run together. So I think we stayed third at this point. Uh, we moved up to third, um, but it was just really bitty. It was a really good three or draw, actually, in that game. Um, sorry, in that in that run with Sparta Prague B, they, they it was three one after seventeen minutes, and then Matej Billy, my um, sort of superstar youngster, who's still not really good enough for the first team, but I ended up playing him quite a bit in this run because Ika Hernandez, the striker I'd signed before, wasn't great, and to be fair, um, Jesse Matsoko, who I'd signed as well, not didn't really hit the ground running. So I thought, right, none of my strikes are doing that well. I'm best off sort of playing my youngster who with, with five star potential ability to at least try and get him try and get him going. He scored in the 80th minute and then Santiago um and MA Bakari scored in the 90 plus three minutes to get an equalizer for us against Sparta Prague B. And he's he was a bit of an impact sub for me, Santiago and MA Bakari. Really good player. Like I bring him on the left wing and he he Sort of putting on the left hand side, yeah. from the left hand side, and he always used to bend them in, you know, bend them top corner, all sort of like on resource style or Ryan Robin style from the other side. Um, yeah, he was a good impact sub. Um, and yeah, that was a good example of that in the three all draw. So after that run of those five games, picking up uh, eight points and five, you know, eight points in five games, it's fine, but you're not going to win a title or get no. automatic promotion playing that way. So I really needed. A bit of a run, and at this point here, there's only seven games left in the season, and I think we're, I think we're third at this point. But with Sparta Prague, B, 
in the top two spaces. So one of, we yeah, were effectively yeah. one one position above um, below getting off half promotion, which is crazy after that that run we had. Then we win four on the bounce. Nice, solid four on the bounce, beating Usti Nadalabem four one, beating um, Pada Pada Biche two nil, beating Dukla Prague one um, nil in a, you know crazy that we we had uh, two clean sheets on the bounce. That's just very unlike us. And then we beat um, uh, Vaishkov two one. And the reason we were doing that really was because Pavel Curtin, my 16-year-old that I got on loan from Fradek Kralove, was just pulling the strings. He was brilliant. At 16 years of age, he just, first couple of games, he wasn't doing too much for us. And then all of a sudden, it just clicked for him. And he was just dictating play. Physically, he's just not at it because he was a 16-year-old kid. But like when he got the ball in some space, he was just playing mm. fantastic through balls through, pinging it out wide. If the ball fell to him in the box, he was going to get a good sh- strike away and scored a fair few goals for us. But it wasn't even necessarily just the goals or the assists. It was just the way he, in that 10 position, he was able to dictate play. He was brilliant. And he really, he was the key man for us in those four wins. And those four wins put us top of the league. Oh, but, sorry, I tell you, it put us second in the league, but with Sparta Prague, top yeah so we went into a game against Zlin three games to go now um and um who was it there was a uh, and let me just get this right um who was it uh Prost, uh, I think it was Prost, um Prostyov Prostyov right on our tail right so it's it's between us and them for sorry that's that's not true at all pardon me it was Taborosko Taborosko Right on our tail um, to see if they, you know, they can get that automatic spot uh, of promotion. We play Zlin, and this was a big game for us. We, if we win this game, we're close. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult for them to to catch us, and we're effectively getting automatic promotion as the only part-time team in the league. We go one nil down really early, which was half of the course for us like pretty much all our games mm. we conceded the first goal and it was it was crazy how, how that how that happened so regularly we bring it back with Marek Jaron one of our wingers makes it one all they go two one up and then Sem Swinnen my right back my inverted right back fullback he, he's not he's rubbish basically he's absolutely useless um 18 year old kid that came through our youth academy he's got Three and a half star potential, two star current ability. When you play him in inverted fullback, he's got one and a half star ability. I think he just really isn't that good. Uh, but he just found himself an acres in the box and made it two all. And then Ika Hernandez in the 80th minute put us three two up. I'm thinking right, we're on the brink here of winning the title, or sorry, getting automatic promotion. Until in the 82nd minute, they pulled it back to three all, and and, and that's how it finished. Uh, that's annoying. I thought that win there would probably do it for us. Um, and um, that sort of put, a, again, a, again, a good run to the, to an end. So how are we going to recover? How are we going to bounce back from this? So a week later, we played Victoria Zizkov. And I now knew, actually, that this Victoria Zizkov game 
if we win that, we get automatic promotion. Yeah. If we drop points in that game, um, again, one game to go goes to the final game of the season. We've got um, Pribram away. Game we probably we would be favourites for, um, but Tabarosco also a game that they would expect to win, and I just didn't want to get going on to the last game of the season. So, we play Victoria Zhizhkov. After 34 minutes, it's 3-0 to Victoria Zhizhkov. Oh, my God. I think this is, I think this is ridiculous. You know, we've been on such a good run. And is, is this the wheels coming off where we, we end up having to go to the playoffs? On the stroke of half-time, Anthony Akedi pulls one back no. to, to make it 3-1. So, it makes the team talk a bit easier. But we're not, one, we're not in a good position at all. Uh, in the 57th minute, it's 3-2, an own goal from one of their guys. And in the 77th minute, Thomas Zlatalavec, who came on for Pavel Curtin in the 10 position, makes it 3-all. And at this point, I'm thinking, do you know what? A point... I, I don't want a, a point. It actually isn't that great a result for us at all. But considering we're 3-0 down, you I'm kind of it. okay with... I'm kind of okay with the point. But then in the 84th minute, Victoria Zizhkov make it 4-3. Oh. And I'm just seeing just seeing our our automatic promotion go down the drain in front of me. Until I mentioned this guy earlier. Cutting in from the left-hand side in the 90th minute, Santiago and Neme Bakari (gasps) makes it 4-0. And I, I, you know, sometimes in FM, even if you play it by yourself, I gave it a proper fist bump. Yeah, 100%. But it's still, you know, it's still in our hands going to the final game of the season with the point. This is, I was so happy. And then, (laughs) in the 93rd minute, in the 93rd minute, Santiago and Eme Bakari on the left, cuts in, bends it, top bins, 5-4. But then the offside flag goes up. No! The offside flag goes up. And I couldn't believe it because there was no chance it was offside at all because he'd, he'd cut him from the left. He was off, he's like out, outside the box. But what he'd done was he was quite high at the pitch and he'd come back to receive the ball before bending it top bins. So... So it wasn't all, overturned from VAR? No, no, no. no it was, there was, there's no VAR in this. There's no VAR in this, uh, in this division. Oh, so sorry. ruled out our ninety third minute winner ruled out, and then no in the ninety in the ninety fifth minute stop it the ninety fifth minute penalty penalty to Slavia Kromaritz <laughs> we win a penalty in the ninety fifth minute at four all. And this happened, if you remember from in last week's pod, exactly the same way when we played Victoria Pleasant. And I, thank God that my best penalty taker was taking it this time, as opposed to Marek Giron. But my best penalty taker is not that not that great. And it's a guy that was hadn't done much from us for us since we signed him. I called Ika Hernandez, and Ika Hernandez puts the ball on the spot, and I'm just sat there thinking, this is, oh, my gut was he was going to miss. I think, well, if he scores, we're promoted. 
this is promotion to the top flight of Czech football as the only part-time team in the league. If we miss it, I think we're, I just I just have this instinct that we were going to be in trouble going to the last game of the season because we we the, the we come off the rails in the most in the previous two games, drawing them both, but also you know we nothing had quite worked out. And this isn't this this might not go well. And up steps Ike Hernandez. He puts it to the goalkeeper's left. The goalkeeper dives to his left. Can't get to the ball. And Ike Hernandez makes get a five-four to Slavia Kromaritz, who who get automatic promotion there and then. And we're now in the top flight of Czech football. Oh, my word. It would have to be like that, wouldn't it? It w- it couldn't be straightforward. It would have to be heart in the mouth, like just stressing over every minute of extra time. It was painful. It was really painful. Like when Santiago and Emi Bakari scored the second, again, the first one I gave it the fist bump. The second one, which was disallowed, oh my God, I was, I was just convinced that we've done it. Yeah. And to see the blood, I've, you know, the offside flag effectively to go up. I couldn't believe it. And we actually lost our final game of the season. Um, but I thought I wasn't obviously not bothered, I was no not bothered about that at all. But yeah, we're in we're in the top flight now. Um we've we are the board came to me and asked me if we wanted to go professional. And I said, Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Let's give it a bash. They've given me a much bigger wage budget now, a really good wage budget actually, 20 grand. Previously it was seven grand in the league below. Nice. Um the issue is obviously previously my I was just loaning loads of players, but no one wants to loan me players anymore because I'm in the same division as them. Ah. So I'm having to build a whole new squad and the the money actually isn't going that far. No, I bet. It's really not going it's really not going that far at all. Um and I'm I'm currently a week away. Oh, is that right? Let me just double check. Yeah, I'm a week away from the start of the season. In fact, that's not true. I'm 10 days away from the start of the season and I have nowhere near a, a squad. I think I've, yeah. got, in some, I've got like 13 players that could play in the first team. So I'm just trying to frantically build this team. But it's a nightmare. Some of these players just want like three grand a week. You know, what? My, my weekly budget. Decent players I want to try and sign up on three grand a week. And my budget's 20 grand. So I, I just can't, I can't do that. So I'm, any I'm job offers? Say again. Any job offers? Well, I'll 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 come to that. I'll come to that. I'll, I'll come to that now. I'll, I will. I'll do it all in one stint. Um, I got to the end of the season, and Sparta Prague, the Sparta Prague job came up. Who were one of the, obviously one of the top teams in in Czech football. So I applied for it. They didn't come to me. I applied for it. I thought, well, see, if you were able to get the AK Athens job, anyone can do after it. After yeah. not doing, I've managed to get this part-time <laughs> bunch of rejects into the top flight. They'll be interested in me. Nope. So, like pretty much immediately, uh, no. Due to the strength of the other candidates, uh, you are not. Mm. You know, it wasn't even if they hired someone else and then said, "Unfortunately, you're unsuccessful." Just nope. <laughs> I then thought, oh, that's annoying. So I, I then went and had a look at a few other jobs. And there's two jobs in Bundesliga 2 available. Oh. Like, Bundesliga 2 seems about my level. Bundesliga 2, Tom. Say again? Bundesliga 2. Oh, okay, Bundesliga 2. <laughs> so in Bundesliga 2, there was Zwei oh, jobs in Bundesliga 
teams that have been relegated from Bundesliga, Bundesliga, oh, Bundesliga, um, and they were the Schalke job, tasty, and the Darmstadt job. Love it, as you well know. So, have a connection to Darmstadt, so absolutely, absolutely. So I applied for both jobs, and. I got rejected by the Schalke. Schalke said immediately, again, no chance. You know, as soon as I sent the invite, sent the um, application through, no chance. Darmstadt <laughs> did exactly the same. They said absolutely no chance. Oh, no. no so, so you landing on your feet, me winning titles. I was all, you know, I actually do like Slavia Klobritz, but uh, I'm stuck here. For a bit, I actually got offered an interview at Fradik Kralove, who are also in the top flight of Czech football, and that's the team I've been getting loads of the loan players from. Mm. So I know their players really, really well. Um, but I decided, uh, no, if I'm in this top flight of, of Czech football, I want to stay at Slavia Kromritz. I really like Slavia Kromritz, I think it's really good. Um, if, I, if, if any of the German sides would have offered me a deal, or maybe even Sparta Prague, I know I said top flight, I want to be with Slavia Kromritz, but. Sparta Prague's probably a bit different considering they're in the um which, which they're in the Champions League. But yeah, I might, might have to give that a go. But no, I'm I'm still here at Slavia Kromritz. Very, very happy. Gonna be difficult to stay up based on the fact I've got no players at the moment. Uh, but we'll give it a go. But probably this is a year where I'm gonna be aware of jobs that are coming up. Um I'll be aware of them and we'll see. So Look, we're going to a new stadium next year or in a couple of years. We're now professional in the top flight. I'm okay for sort of calling that if something, if a decent job that I like the look of does come up. As much as it would have been nice to actually to have managed at Darmstadt or, or Schalke, and I think maybe Bundesliga 2 is potentially a place I might look at because it's quite, one, it's quite a good division to be in. If you get promoted, you know, you're in one of the top European leagues. Also, Germany is actually then a really nice space for me. Yeah, I can go up to Denmark, yeah. or I can go. I can. I can go. I can go wherever. It's, it's a really good country as a as a stopgap. So I will keep looking there. But part of me is like, do you know what? Now I'm quite. I'm still really like Slavia Klomritz. It's really difficult. It really is difficult managing them. But I think I've got probably max another season with them. Um, if I can at least get us settled in the top flight, that would that would be nice. State like I say, stadium on the way, going full time. Um, yeah, and I like them. I really like it. you know, unlike you at Tilikratis, like, I actually really like like it. Um, I like the players are okay. I haven't made super loads of connections with them because most of them are loan players um, or signing on short term deals. But just generally the club, I quite like it. So. Um, yeah, at least, well, yeah, I'll start the season obviously with them. I suspect it might be max one year, but if not, I'm happy to. I'm happy to go into my fourth season with them if if um if we have a good year this year. Very stable, very stable compared to the to the chaotic Wiseman side of the same. By the sound of it, absolutely. Well, you you you've sort of set us up, Lou, with some of your signings. Talk us through how that how they've um. Well, how you start the season? Yeah, so well, it was as I said, it was a bit of a strange one because I, because it because I joined the 
It, I didn't join at the start of the season. I joined in December, so they'd already. Of course, of course yeah. Sorry. So they right. no, that's all right. They they were um, so they were second in the league. As I said, they were second in the league. I picked up the team second in the league when I when I joined them before I made the signings in the January transfer window. Um, we had the third biggest wage budget in the league, behind Olympiacos and Panathinaikos. Um, Olympiacos spend about 27 mil a year on wages. Uh, Panathinaikos and AEK ourselves spend about 18 mil. By the time I was done and I sold Nicholas Eliasson for a couple of million, used the um, used the intermediary feature for the first time ever. It was great. It had no offers. Got Sent him out to a regional agent who took a 5% cut and they found me about two mil for him. And I was like, perfect. It's great, that, isn't it? I, I did that on the beta. With some, I think it might have been. I can't remember who it was, but I tried that on the beta. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really good. I was, I just did it as a trial, basically, and yeah, like they, the the intermediary got decent money. Yes, you got to give him a few quid, but probably more than I'd have been able to do yeah. just by offering him to clubs. Twenty yeah. times during transport, shipped him off to Locomotive Moscow, uh, and I spent that two million more or less straight into the wage budget. Uh, oh, Having I'd already bought I'd already bought Yuri Rebiero, triggering his release clause for one point two million at that point, which was the end of my transfer budget. Sold Nicholas Eliasson, which gave me the money for copper coin dreddy and the loan fee and wages for uh, for okay. Amanda Broya. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just talk. There's a few players, and I, there are a couple of players that I really like who I'm managing. I, I, I kind of mentioned there are some kind of old boys that I'm really liking managing, and I haven't named them. And the two players who I'm really enjoying I'm getting to manage are Sven Ulrich, as in Bayern Munich's backup goalkeeper, who who in game we signed on a loan, uh, not a loan, on a, on a free transfer uh, at the back end of last season. So Sven Ulrich is my starting keeper at 36 years old. And I've also got Michael Keane as a centre-back. Michael Keane? Yeah. <laughs> Who we signed from Everton on a free transfer. So Michael Keane and Eduardo Goldeniga are, are, are rotating to be... Uh, are, are rotating to be Harold McCoody's centre-back partner. So yeah, some really uh, I'm just a love I love the squad. But anyway, that's enough of me waxing lyrical. Uh, so so I'll try and because I've played a fair bit and I'm I'm almost at the end of the season. I've only got a couple I've got two matches left which I'll touch upon. Uh so I won't, obviously I won't go through all of them. Uh, I, it started off okay, which is um what led me to the what led me to changing to the kind of weird four three two one four one two one two hybrid uh that we decided upon and once I'd figured out what the right formation was and made the best of Levi Garcia and Victor Malejo, who I don't know if you know Victor Malejo, Spanish winger. The one he's he's bold. He really looks like a robot. Doesn't ring any bells. But yeah, he plays for. Uh, he's he's an Atletico player, but he's been loaned out everywhere across the Spanish second division. Uh, he's currently at Real Zaragoza in real life. Um, 
but yeah, he's got. I assume he's got alopecia, so he looks very similar to John Joe Shelby. Um, but yeah, so he, he those two were two of my best players, and Malejo was very much my best player through the start of this through well not the start of the season through the start of my managerial uh, period at the club, and and basically. We just went on a tear. So the first game I managed was against Nefci in the in the UEFA Europa Conference League league phase. And because I'm further on, it's moved from the standard four groups to the big, massive proper league. Yeah, the big proper league. Um, and we beat them five one. It was comfortable. Um, so, so that was a nice starter. Then then we went on an absolute tear, both in terms of basically in every competition. Um, There weren't... I mean, the results were just unbelievable once it came into place. So we went 27 games unbeaten in all competitions, Conference League, League, uh, and the Cup. Yeah. So we beat... So we scraped... uh, I'll try and pick out some of the best results. Uh, so we played a real classic against Olympiacos where we beat them 3-2 uh, with goals through Pineda, Brozier and Linga with them getting a goal through Costas Fortunas and uh, Adrian uh, Benezek or Benezek, something like that. He's Polish. But it's a very, it's a very good Olympiacos team. Like I don't want to underplay how good they are. Like they've got Jean Philippe Mateta up front, who they've signed from Crystal Palace. Uh, a math and diet. We really, are, we really are fishing in different ponds here. You're also but, you're playing up against teams where I guess you'd be in the market for people like Jean Philippe Mateta, and I can't I can't find anyone that that doesn't want to play for me now. Now I'm no longer part time. <laughs> it is it, it is mad how this thing has panned out. Um, yeah, they've got um, they've got obviously Maddie Camera who plays for them in real life, who they loaned to Roma um, a couple of seasons ago. They've just got a really good squad. You know, they have got Rodney. If you remember him, he's at it uh, was at Flamengo. He's joined them in real life a few seasons ago, like as a right back. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, just uh, they've got a good squad. So beating them. It was deeply satisfying. You know, they're spending seven million quid more a year on wages than us. They should be winning the league on financially. So, and we beat Powak 4 0 away and one of the other Greek big four. Um, so, yeah, it was just a consistent victory. And I, and I finally lost, as I said, after. Uh, 27 games in all competition, losing 3-2 to, to Panathinaikos. Um, and 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 up until the final match that I've just played, not I'll explain that in a second. Um, yeah, this was this was the only game where things hadn't quite gone to plan so far. So so that's the league. And 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 to to make things clear. That meant that we won the league with three games to spare. So we won the league with three games to spare. Great one. So Olympiacos in second, 
And with three games to spare, we were on 81 points. So there was no way they could close the gap. So it, it I don't quite... It's been a magical season. It has been ridiculous. So, Cup, um, we've set up, and this will be the final match of the season, we've set up a final against Olympiacos in the Cup, uh, beating, uh, who did we beat in the semis? Beating uh, Panathinaikos in the semis and Atromitos in the quarters. Um, And at both times... Panathinaikos, we beat at home 4-0 with goals through Pineda, Brozier, Silva and Levy Garcia. That was a really good all-round game. So, yeah. So, um, so that just leaves our progress in the Europa Conference League. Yes, I guess that's the big thing for you, right? If you're you're winning the league with three games to go... It's the Conference League, right? That's the that's that's got to be the driver now. Yeah. So we qualified out of the group stage comfortably, and that set up a round of sixteen clash with Robbie Keane's Maccabi Tel Aviv. Wow. Do you know what? That rings a bell that he's there in real life. He is there in real life. Yeah. I was going to say that that rings a bell that he's, he is actually their manager. Yeah. So that ring. So yeah, it probably rings about he is their manager. So yeah, Robbie Keane's Maccabi Tel Aviv uh, up against up against Wiseman's AEK Athens with, and I haven't said this yet, Dennis Birdcamp as an assistant manager who I've just signed as an assistant manager. Yeah, great work. Oh, I love that. Bring in Birdcamp as your assistant manager. Yeah, I, think it, I think it's plausible. Like, you know, Wiseman knows nothing about football and he'd think, ex-Dutch international, he'll make me sound convincing. You know, it feels believable. He's an, he's an invincible. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's an invincible. Yeah, I like this guy's invincible. We'll never lose. Um, so yeah, Dennis Bergkamp is an assistant manager doing all my press conferences, which I'm really enjoying. Um and he's not... Str- not, not, not the best person to have if you're doing your European away days, because famously he doesn't like flying. Well, he's clearly he's clearly having to do a lot of uh well, he's clearly having to do a lot of travelling around by coach. Maybe that's why Wiseman hired him. <laughs> Maybe Wiseman's yeah, got some ban on, on air transport. <laughs> so, yeah, so this... Yeah, non-flyers united, yeah. So, McCarvey Tel Aviv. Um, well, we got the job done in the first leg with a comfortable 3-1 victory um, away in Tel Aviv. Uh, with goals through Levy Garcia, Harold McCoody, oh, both centre-backs from the score sheet, and Eduardo Goldeniga. They got one in the 83rd minute through Dor Pellman, uh, who I believe is their big... Oh, who's a 16-year-old regen. Oh, fair play to Dor. 16-year-old regen Dor Perlman. I mean, I think that's when I feel in FM, 
it's, you know, if you haven't got all the leagues loaded, that's when you feel like you get a bit of a helping hand that you're playing 16-year-old regions as opposed to their actual real-life squad. But um, nevertheless, still a still a decent decent match. And then a very drab nil-nil draw at home where we were all over them but just couldn't quite connect. So that set up a round, uh, sorry, a quarter-final against Red Bull Salzburg. Wow, Red Bull Salzburg in the quarters. So doable. I think doable. So we were away at them again in the first leg, which seems to have been the way we seemed to get the draw, was just we were always away in the first leg, which I've always liked. You know, I like going away in the first leg so you're in front of your home fans in the second leg when it matters. Especially when there's, especially now there's no longer away goals. I always preferred the away leg second in FM when there was mm. away goals because, yeah, uh, if I sort of control, but now there's no away goals. I agree with you. Yeah, agreed. I think it's definitely shifted to you want the home leg second. So things started off pretty well. Victor Malejo scoring in the twenty seventh. Good goal. They even it up through Leandro Morgala a mere minute later um, before we concede uh, just before the stroke of half-time with Karim Kanati scoring for them. And we kind of toiled away in the second half. Obviously, I gave them a this-isn't-good-enough team talk at half-time. And we toiled away. We didn't really get anything. We weren't playing particularly well until... In the 89th minute, Cobra Coindredi pops up in the box. The ball gets fizzed back to him. And on the edge of the box, he just smacks it into the top corner. And we leave Salzburg with a with a hard fought two-all draw to make it, you know, a decent chance come taking the game back to Athens. So, second leg in Athens. A week later. And this time, we score f- first again. So this time, Andrej Linger goes on a lovely mazy run into their box and just fizzes one into the bottom corner, but left past the keeper. And then on the cusp of half time, whip ball in for AEK, and Armando Brozier gets his head on it and knocks it into the back. And I think, you know what, Brozier should score more headers. His stats on get on yeah. the game on, But for a six-foot-three striker, he doesn't score enough headers, in my opinion. I know he's stats on the game on. But, yeah, he's very quick, but he's not got much of an aerial presence on him. And I think he, in real life, he should add that to his game. For a man who's six-foot-three... Because you can't be like Lukaku. You can't be someone like Lukaku who says, oh, I want the ball played to feet. I don't want to be a target man. I think that's rubbish. Just You've got to put your head on it occasionally. Anyway, that's the way it would stay until Andre Romalo, unfortunately, gets one back for them. So it was a bit squeaky bum time, but there weren't really... It was a game of few highlights in that second half. 
until Andrej Linga does it again and makes it 3-1 in the 73rd before Levy Garcia in the 80th puts us through to the semis where we face... You can't have won a European title in episode four. Well, we'll see, Tom. We'll see about that. So, that sets us up. And I tell you what, it was the um, the way the draw had been, the likely draw. So, the next team we face is Besiktas. <laughs> and the likely team, if we beat Besiktas, uh, to face in the final would be Milan who finished wow. seventh uh, in their first season in FM. They've won the league this season as well in 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 game. So a real turnaround makes you almost suspicious how bad they were in the first season. Uh, so, yeah, Europa, UEFA Europa Conference League semi-final versus Besiktas. First leg away at Besiktas. I seem to be always drawn that way. Um, and things started really well because that man again, Andrej Linger, in the 21st minute gets a ball fist across and I've never seen a highlight like it. He scores a back heel. The ball the gets... Game. That's the new back engine for you. Yeah. He scores a back heel in the 21st minute. Sadly, Besiktas immediately go down the other end and Ante Rebic uh, scores. And I mean, this is a, I should say, this is a good Besiktas side. Um, Rebic, Oxlade Chamberlain down the right. Gedson Fernandez, uh, ex Benfica, also loaned to Tottenham, didn't do anything at Tottenham. But uh, yeah, ex Gedson Fernandez, ex Benfica, Arthur Masuaku, obviously ex West Ham, uh, and and Eric Bailly at centre back, alongside Daniel Amate, ex Leicester. So yeah, so a, a really good squad. Classic is it is where um, it is classic Turkish Turkish FC really in the sense of. All those sort of weird Premier League players end up going to Turkey in the end. Players yeah. like Arthur Musselwhite. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's not good enough, you've got Vincent Abubakar yeah. coming off the left. Cenk Tosun uh, is their yeah. captain as well. Although he doesn't seem to be anywhere near the team, but I'm not sure why he's their captain. I guess because he's a senior presence. But but yeah, it's they're very. It's a classic Besiktas team. Uh, anyway, sorry to finish off to finish off the match before I get sidetracked too much. Uh, they unfortunately make it two all. Uh, sorry, not two two one through uh, Basar Onyal in the forty third minute. So I go into half time say, "Come on, lads, we're better than this. You know, we can do a better job than this." Um, and nothing happens. Nothing keeps happening. You know, we're not, we're not, we didn't really play off football. We just didn't really get the ball moving. And we kind of finally pick up about the 65th minute. After about an hour of not really, things not really working, 
we start to to heat up. Um, but still, despite making chances and creating chances, nothing happens. Until I decide to take off Victor Malejo and bring on Levy Garcia, because he's quite pacey and quite quick. So in an open game, I figure he's got space to run into. And that's exactly what he does. He picks the ball up on the right flank, drives at their defence in the 83rd minute and slots one into the bottom corner. And, oh my word. Two all. And that's the way it would stay. Taking it back to Athens at home in the semi-final. Which is the last match I've played. So, this is the team for the big match. And this has been my, apart from Lazarus Rotter. Sorry, just to clarify, have you played this second second leg? I've played this second leg, yeah. Right, right. This has happened. So, this is the team for the semi-final second leg. This is my, uh, there are a few tweaks, well, there's two tweaks to my preferred 11. Um, Lazarus Rotter, who has to play because Colin Dagba, the other right back who we signed from PSG can't play in the conference league um, due to us not really having any Greek or the players developed by the club, um, which is part of the problem of having this international 11 who are good, but not a, but a single Greek uh, AEK, uh, single Greek AEK youth prospect has developed and become part of this squad. So, so yeah, the starting eleven: Sven Ulrich, Lazarus Rotter at right back, Harold McCudi at centre back, Eduardo Gonida, Golden Eager at left centre back. Michael Keane was injured in the first leg. Uh, Yuri Ribeiro at left back. Orbelin uh, Pereira at left central midfield. Andres Liga at Cam. Uh, Cobacoin Dreddy at right central midfield, Armando Brocia leading the line, Levy Garcia uh, at uh, on the right side, and uh, Jens Jonsson at holding midfield. So we kick off, and we're not playing as well as I'd hoped. They are all over us, and they are just completely all over us for the first entire first half. But luckily for us, it was a game of few highlights. I think there were a couple of highlights at about 20 minutes and there were a couple of highlights at about 40 minutes, but nothing happened. So first 45 minutes, we'd been poor, but they hadn't scored. And so I give the lads a bit of a, bit of a bollocking at half time like come on we're playing at home like we've done we've seen what we do at home we beat teams we 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 you know we completely we completely dominate them when we bring them back to Athens and so we go out for the second half we're playing a bit better we're moving the ball um the football's starting to flow but we're not getting really anything either but neither of Besiktas. But then they have a period of dominance. They 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 look quite quick. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, who'd been really good in the first match, sort of livened up at this point. Um 
But yeah, nothing. So 90 minutes pass. And for the first time in a big match, really, this season, it was nil-nil after 90 minutes. So we go into extra time. And, you know, I, I make a few tweaks. I take off Brozier and put on a, a, a Schesial Ponce, the Argentinian backup striker. Um Orblin Pineda hadn't had a great game, so I brought on uh, Mihat Gajcinovic, who is the kind of backup who I play as a left central midfielder and a 10, depending on who I need on the pitch. I brought on Damien Shemansky uh, for Jens Jonsson, just to tighten things up a bit. Uh, and also brought on Kostas Galanopoulos, uh, again, just fresh legs, try and freshen things up a bit. But in spite of all that, in both periods of extra time, nothing happened until we get a highlight in the 120th plus two minute. And, no. and we pick up the ball. Um and we 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 pick up the ball and we we you know we pass it around, we're looking really comfortable, we're passing it around, we're starting to work something, but we knock the ball back to Sven Ulrich who pauses uh, and he's about to clear but then Vincent Abubakar nicks it off him and puts it in the bottom corner no 120th minute of a European semi-final and you keep a dallies on the ball and I'm sorry Tom 36 I'm sorry like it was total bullshit like I'm going to show you the video. I've recorded it because this is my case on the FM. This is FM bullshit. Um, I'm going. Hopefully, you can see this. I'm going to run it back to the beginning. Right. Show show it to me now. This is going to be up on all of our socials. So make sure you follow us, and we'll post we'll post this video. But I'll react to it as I see it now. Okay. So Ulrich's got the ball, been passed back to him. A heavy touch. Oh. No, no, I'm not having that as FM, bad FM. That is that is genuine. That is genuine. Now, come on, there's two seconds. Uh, but why is he walking? Why is he not sprinting to he's just lump that? But he's the he's only one with any fitness left at the end of the match. Look, there's one, two, three. It's basically three seconds. He's got to be clear in that. I, I, I just, I think it's absolute bullshit. Well, but listen. Listeners, go on, go on Twitter, go on our Instagram at Wardoff, and make your own make your own call. Let us know if you think it's um, FM bullshit to quote or a thirty six year slow thirty six year old with a bad touch. It's shocking, absolutely shocking. So that so that so, end, so, that, so that, that that puts you out of Europe, and that puts the tin lid on a, a on a really tasty oh, date with destiny painful. against Milan. That is awful. That is like, that is rough. That is not the way you want to lose. After a, 120 minutes, in my head, I was already picking my penalty takers, Tom. I'd have, I would have been fine with losing on penalties. I am not fine with Sven Ulrich dallying on the ball long enough for Vincent Abubakar to tap it in from four yards. You were waiting. You were waiting for Ulrich to be the hero, and then he did. But what's gutting is that he'd been really good. He's, he got a 7.1 because he'd been really good the rest of the match and he'd actually kept us in it with some really good saves. It was just, in your opinion, uh, a slow 36-year-old costing us. 
but oh, anyhow, dear. that was the end of so so that was the end of my European dream, at least for this season. I'd still call that a very, very successful season, right? You've you've won the league and you got to the semi-final of the so you'll be in the Champions League next year, right? I guess so. I guess so. I think they might have to qualify. I'm assuming there's that champions qualification path. Um but but yeah, I guess so. Um so yeah, I mean a potential domestic double on the cards. Just two matches to play. Aris in the final league match and then Olympiakos in the in the final of the in the final of the Greek Cup. So I think a pretty good season all told. Um, but yeah, tainted by I really wanted to play Milan in the final. Like I really like that would have been fun. Like it would have been great to have seen like this plucky AEK team up against a Milan team that has a budget of a hundred mil a year that they work with. That's how much in wages. So we'd have been, you know, we'd have had a fifth of their budget to work with. Um, and it would have just been fun, but not to be uh, just a, a good, a really good run. I think probably if I'm honest with myself, we beat the sides we probably should have beaten. We should have yeah. beaten Maccabi Tel Aviv. We should have beaten Red Bull Salzburg. We were once Fenelrick touch away from a from at least a penalty shootout against a side who are probably slightly better than us. Um, definitely pay more than us. Um, I think I did check their salaries before. I'm just going to check it again. I think they pay about forty mil a year in salaries, so it would have been a it would have been beating the odds. Um, yeah, they pay 40 mil a year, so they pay double our, they have double our wage budget. But uh, to be one bad touch away from at least a penalty shootout with a chance of a, of going up against Milan in the final would have been really, would have been fun. And I'd have still played this weird inverted, you know, asymmetric inverted thing. I wouldn't have. I, I think I did take a book out. I, this season, I very much feel like I took a, Took a took a leaf out of the chart and playbook. I just refused. We are playing this Frankenstein formation on positive, playing good possession attacking football with try lots of us. movement. Yeah, try and stop us. And it worked domestically, uh, but yeah, we just not it just let us down at the wrong moment. And probably actually, I could have done with a better sweeper keeper than Sven Ulrich, and then probably there wouldn't have been a problem. But you can't really fix everything in in you know you can't fix everything in one season but yeah so so it's been a really fun week of fm um hence why i've played it so much it's hard not to enjoy it when you're beating everyone and and making your rivals look in at least domestically look quite poor and with some fun european fixtures thrown in absolutely no well yeah like i said it's a, it's a good step um you know, actually, if you're playing Champions League football next year as well, right? That's going to be should get a few more bit, few, bit, bit more um, money as well. So your your next transfer window is going to be really interesting to see you bring in and really stamp your stamp your mark on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with that, Lou, should we should we call it a day? Yeah, absolutely. Although I'm going to remind you, Tom, it's Player of the Episode time. Oh, probably yes, Player of the Episode. So my Player of the Episode this episode is um, Pavel Curtin. 
So he was the 16-year-old guy who got on loan that pulled the strings and was pretty in us. He sort of got us over the line in the second half of the season um, to, to make sure we did get promoted. Fantastic. We sounded, I mean, to be pulling the strings at 16 sounds like you've got a real player on your hands. Well, no, Fradak Kralove have a player on their hands. I certainly don't. Well, yes, indeed. Yours, Luke? Yeah, for me, it's got to be Andres Linger. Uh, I thought about a few, potentially Jens Jonsson, um, potentially, uh, I mean, those no, those were the real two. It was either Jens Jonsson or, or Andres Linger. But for me, um, Andres Linger, he's just a really good, like, special player. You don't get a lot of really good shadow strikers in FM. Uh, a Cam who can score, who can create... Um, he's got in the league. He's got ten goals, ten assists in twenty nine matches with four players of the match. As you heard from the reports on the big European fixtures, he's scored in all the big matches. Got a brace in all of the big European fixtures. He's just been and and overall this season he's got nineteen goals, fourteen assists in fifty appearances, which is a damn good return from a central attacking midfielder, especially in FM. And I always think in FM. They don't score enough from central attacking midfield. So actually, um, absolutely, yeah, quality player. So that's all from me. Do you want to do your socials plug or? Yeah, we'll we'll stick we'll stick those on the socials, and we'll, we'll also stick Lewis's uh, um, Europe Conference League semi final heartbreak clip on the socials as well. So give us a follow on at Wuadoff W U A D O F on Instagram and on Twitter. It was good to hear from. MLS Trev again this week. So always, always like hearing from him. So um, yeah, everyone you know, give us a follow on there. Make sure you like and subscribe the uh, to the podcast on um, podcasts and on Spotify. Um, and I think we'll, we're going to be polling again next week. It's not, might be a little bit later. Um, we're not going to be polling next Sunday. So I think we've managed to I can't remember, Lou. We'll catch up after. We'll, we'll figure to, out. It'll be a midweek, mid midweek yeah, release, and then later than usual. And then it might be a case of a a winter a winter mid season break for until we figure out. Well, I think it'll probably be a mid season break for a couple of weeks, and so no doubt we'll come back for that. Uh, post that, no doubt, um, refreshed and reinvigorated. We'll and, we will keep you updated, though. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We'll be, we 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 have set ourselves a target this year of being much better at signposting uh, when we won't be posting every week. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, all so much for listening. Uh, you've been listening to Who Uses a Director of Football with myself, Lewis, and my co-host Tom. Have a fantastic week um, and bye for now. Bye.